Bonjour, and welcome back to Let Them Eat Takes. This episode is not only hitting you late, it's actually hitting you almost a week after we recorded it, so you get to find out firsthand which of these takes aged well and which of these takes aged bad. We will, however, roast some takes that we knew at the time to be factually bad. Um, It's just been busy lately. We got Thanksgiving coming up. Um, You might be listening on your way down to Turkey Day, wherever you're celebrating. Uh, We did have one uh, recording error. We had to split it up. When you hear the censorship beep followed by a duck quacking, that's where the cutoff happens. And immediately after, you're going to hear me give a take about Clemson football that aged really poorly. All right. So um, happy Thanksgiving. And this is Let Them Eat Takes. Welcome to Let Them Eat Takes po- Sports Podcast. Yeah, right here. I'm Jonathan here with Scott, Scottius, and Justinius. How are y'all doing? We here in Tennessee. Die. We salute thee. Better than Tennessee is accurate. <laughs> we who are about to hunt golf balls salute thee. <laughs> Man, that was that was a fun game. Uh I think it's part of that movie where he stabs him with a mustard bottle right before the final fight. <laughs> yeah, that Joaquin Phoenix, he's a real jerk. Smearing <laughs> that yellow mustard all over Russell Crowe said, Ha, can't beat me now. And then he, was, he didn't take for... L- Lane Kiffin as Maximus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then Lane Kiffin saw his, his family waiting for him home. Not in the afterlife, they were just waiting for him at home because he's been, you know probably coaching and recruiting really hard and as we all know you can't coach college football and also have a, a family life yeah he's a, i'll have my vengeance at this job or the next <laughs> and who knows who that next job will be is it gonna could it be lsu and okay is there any coach any coach can ever think of in college football where it doesn't matter what job he has you wouldn't be surprised if he left like is there a job that Lane Kiffin could get, where you would say, oh, that's his last job. He's never going to leave there. Is that even possible? Not Lane Kiffin. I feel like he's just got ants in his pants, man. Where is he even from? I don't know anything. California, right? That's the thing. USC was his dream job. He's already post-dream job. Oh, boy. And if you're normally, if you're post-dream job, you're either retired or not in high demand. And Lane Kiffin is neither of those. So we don't ever get this situation, right? Like sometimes, okay, like Willie Taggart left Oregon for Florida State, his dream job. But Willie Taggart's not in demand because his coaching tenure hasn't gone so great, right? Right. But Lane Kiffin is, was he multiple jobs post his dream job? And now he's in high demand and he could be the coach at, Ole Miss or LSU or Texas A&M or I, probably not USC, but so slight correction. He's actually from the heartland, from Nebraska, graduated from high school in Minnesota, uh, but did go to college at Fresno State in California. Based from the from Lincoln, mm-hmm. Fresno State is very much not LA. I will point that out. Uh, oh, yeah, it's not. I mean, it's in Fresno, obviously, but yeah. that's in Southern California, but it's not. Hey, if not it's got an In and Out burger, it's all California to me, baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it's California, but it's like more inland California. It gets warm. It actually gets hot there. They're not near a beach, you know, so it's like uh, culturally, it's no more LA than. Like a lot of other places in the country, it's not. So it's more not super similar. You get more normal people. Yeah, LA's got some weirdos, man. For show. 
Yeah, you got people in LA who probably only drink water that was harvested from the ice of comets. There's just extra, extra <laughs> metals and minerals you just don't get in planetary water. Pl- planetary water is a great phrase that I use often. All right. I, Justin, if people don't do that, there's a market for it, man. Well, I did see there's a movie coming out on Netflix recently or soon about a, a comet that's like heading towards Earth. And basically the modern world can't handle it because I guess it's I think it's supposed to be a big satire on our perceived sense of danger. And at one point in the trailer, like, do you know how much money is on this comet that's heading towards Earth? Like, who cares? It's a comet. <laughs> but you know, what? it might be fair if there's a, a market for comet ice water. Like, people might think, can we get some of that ice before we blow up the comet? That's actually a really smart idea for a movie. Because it's like, I daydream often when I read through Twitter of a comet just hitting us. Somebody managed to turn that into a movie. I'm super into yeah, that. Normally, normally, when they talk about, like, media as being just, like, base wish, wish fulfillment, that's kind of a negative. But in this case, that's more of a positive. It's true. Yeah. Um, so we could talk a little college football here at the beginning. I didn't know anything notable. There were lots of notable things um, from this weekend. Um, of course, we have to start with the fact that Sanford scored 52 points on Florida. And we're leading <sighs> often in that Bless. game. It was like a back and Bless. forth. Ugh. Guys, we are, we are living in glorious times. <laughs> Yeah, how much and, do you think the people in Gainesville wish a comet would just strike down the swamp so they don't have to play another game in that stadium? Again? I don't know. The coaches and players seem pretty excited after the game with all that dancing and celebrating they did. In the oh, locker was there room. some of that going on in the locker room? Yeah, it was like a ton of going on in the locker room, which a little bit of mixed feelings because like, I'm not trying to police like players celebrating and being excited sure. or whatever. Sure. Um. But at the same time, imagine Bama pulls out a close win versus Sanford. You know there is not celebration going on in the locker room. People yeah, Saban, are pissed. Saban is eating a walk-on, like, alive in some blood sacrifice. Yes. Made. Yeah. Exactly. He's holding so, up the testicles of Slade Bolden for everyone to see. <laughs> so, like, what, what stands out about that is not like, oh, how dare these players celebrate. What stands out is... Oh wow, the culture and standards of that football program are absolutely broken right now. Yeah. I mean it was their first win since <laughs> or they played Georgia. It so doesn't I even guess... matter. It doesn't even matter what the rest of that sentence is. <laughs> they did rack up seven hundred and seventeen yards of total of offense. Yeah, good for them, I guess. Well, we outgained them, and we won this time. That's a win in my book, said Dan Mullen. That's two wins. That's a double win. (laughs) (laughs) We're both eligible now. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, um, so you you guys saw the leaked Kirby Smart halftime speech at Florida? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Put it in my veins. (laughs) Yeah, run through a brick wall, all that good stuff. I think the short version is uh, we're going to make sure they don't want to play football again. And Scott, as you pointed out on our Discord server, I think they succeeded. <laughs> yes, that's the Still best no football. part. <laughs> Still no football. Do you think that was, that had to be on purpose? Like, here's this, like, here's this video of Dan Mullen and his players going nuts after barely eking out a win over Sanford. And then all of a sudden you hear Gerby Smart just going ape shit on his players on the locker room up 24 to nothing against Florida. Yeah, it's a Still big tell difference. Them to, tell them that it's zero to zero coming out of the half, half and we're going to break their souls. Yeah, That's so it, apologies to Zach as we talk some more Georgia football here. We but, apologize. Yeah, sorry. We will move on, it, I promise. No, no, no. Well, I mean, as I say, it's, uh, it's one of those years where there's been a lot of kind of quotes from Kirby Smart that get the fan base pretty fired up, right? And part of the reason is even before the season, they knew they had a good team. And this is something that happens with a lot of coaches, right? Is their off-season answers to things and their demeanor when asked about the team 
is a little bit different when you really know you got a team, right? Back in the day, you knew in the offseason, you could like count the Steve Spurrier one-liners, and you're like, oh, crap, they're going to be really good this year because Steve Spurrier got jokes. And he don't got jokes when they don't got players, right? That's true. And uh, this year for Georgia, look, who knows how it's going to end up. Sure, we'll probably beat Bama. They'll somehow sneak into the playoffs when they don't deserve to be there. And they'll come from behind and beat us in the national title game, even though we were like a better team all year. Something terrible and heartbreaking, I'm sure, will happen there. Knocking all the wood, etc. It's not my fault. Um, so no matter how it ends up, whatever. But it's very clear that Kirby has been, was very confident in his team before the season started, right? Like he, was it the first game against Clemson? And he was like, we've been saying, you're either elite or you're not. And that's one of those things that fans love to hear or whatever. Coaches mm-hmm. don't say that in public unless they think they're elite, right? He's not right. going to publicly raise the standard unless he thinks they meet the standard. Um, so that's, that was one time. And then, what was it? There was another time. Oh, man. This is going to be great podcasting now because I totally forgot what I was, what I was getting <laughs> at. But... You know, just lots of comments like that and, and leaked comments like this. Oh, yeah, there was there was uh, some times this year where there was like another locker room thing that. You know, when ESPN is there, that it's going to get leaked, right? So right. it's just going to happen. Um, but it's one where it's like talking about whatever practice and he's like, we're not practicing to be anybody. We're practicing oh, yeah, to be yeah. everybody. That one, right? Yeah. I so that. when you have a lot of ESPN like, you know, coverage of stuff, and he's saying, you're either elite or you're not. We're not practicing to be anybody. We're practicing to be everybody. And then, like, the Florida one is partly because he actually hates Florida. Like, he's from South Georgia. He played at Georgia in the, like, mid to late 90s, right? So he just actually hates Florida, which is fun to have a coach that actually hates the same teams that you hate. It's true. There is a a well-known clip of him running off the field after that First Florida game, second Florida game. I thought it was last year. It was no. Dan Mullen's first year, I think. Uh, yeah, never mind. when he's running off saying "f these mother effers." Yeah, yeah, they made T-shirts, hats, stickers with the FTMT. Yeah. Oh, no, FTMF is that what it is? Right. Yeah. yeah, quack these so. mother quackers. <laughs> Don't forget to put the duck sounds in there. Oh no, you know I will. It's a good quacking. Um, <laughs> Kirby Smart likes a good quacking on the field, especially when it's his oh, team yeah. doing the quacking. And and he usually still keeps it pretty straight in like press conference stuff, right? Like he never says in press conferences like, "Oh yeah, we hate Florida more," right? He doesn't say that, but he's not going to run off the field at, at halftime or at the end of the game in Charleston Southern, like cursing and screaming about winning that game, right? It's just different. So, right. So as a Georgia fan. It makes me very happy to watch Florida just be totally tanking. And I'm hoping, really crossing my fingers, hoping that they don't join the list of teams looking for a head coach. For real. Keep them there. Um, I did want to direct our attention to something interesting that happened elsewhere in the SEC. Yeah? Um, yes. The, uh, the Auburn Tigers were leading the Mississippi State Bulldogs 28-3. to the curse has been lifted. The curse has been shifted. <laughs> well, I don't. Yeah, I don't care where it landed. I just care that it got lifted. <laughs> uh, they were. I mean, you. You know, I know sometimes the win probability graph that ESPN provides is kind of bogus, but it is kind of fun to watch. Like also true. Uh, ninety-eight point five percent win probability, like halfway through the game, and they end up losing. <laughs> Yeah. Basically, okay. they just like hit at halftime point, and stopped doing things. Sorry, go ahead. At, at what point did Bo Nix get hurt? Because I know he got hurt in that game, and he's out for the rest of the season. Yeah, he broke something. And I'm hoping that it was like after the game was decided, because this makes it all funnier. I think it was, because he was 27 of 41 for 377 yards and two touchdowns, which makes me think he played at least through the third quarter. Um, so he was on the field when Mississippi State was making their comeback. I mean, this was just Mike Leach being a pirate. He just came in there and, and just like 
We're gonna throw. He, plund- he plundered that booty. Yeah, he plundered <laughs> the booty. The booty was plundered. Well, I saw that eagle flying over the stadium before the game. I thought, well, that's kind of what we're going to do. We're just going to, you know, air the ball out. You know, people say balance is, you know, running the ball half the time. I don't really see a lot of balance in that. You know, you got five <laughs> eligible receivers on the field. <laughs> that uh, was a pretty good Mike Leach. It was. Uh, yeah, it, was a little too, it was a little too raspy. He's not quite as raspy as that old Ron. But that's true. Okay, uh, so TJ Finley threw one pass. So Bo yeah. Nix really played like the whole game. Oh, yes, perfect. Game. Yeah. Even oh, better. Their quarter, their kicker also tore his ACL in that game, I believe. Doof. Let me ask you guys a question. A proper shit show. What's up? If there's a an Auburn Jesus, does it mean there's also an Auburn Satan? <laughs> and was he doing his mischievous, sinful things behind the scenes of Jordan Hare? Are you implying that this was their Job game? <laughs> They're Job. They're being Jobed right now. It's the hard Jobing. I will say, when I saw Mississippi State come back like that, I sure I was like, surely there were lots of turnovers. There was only one turnover. Mississippi State just was like, okay, we're just gonna score now all the time, always. And Auburn was like, okay, no, and and they were like long scoring drives. They, it wasn't, yeah, because like oh, you yeah. said, right? Same thing where you're like, oh, is it turnovers? And it's like, Mississippi State, 75 yards. Mississippi State, 80 yards. Mississippi State, 75 yards. Mississippi State, 80 yards. And it's like, oh, man, that's they had a, In the third quarter, they had a 10-play, 98-yard, five-minute touchdown drive. You want to talk <laughs> about back-breaking in the third quarter? Holy crap. Mm. All right, so... It was twenty-eight to three, right? And yeah, then in the second seven, seventy-five no. yards, seventy-five yards, ninety-eight yards, seventy-two yards, and then here come the short drives of fifty-five and forty-five. All touchdowns. Yeah, all has, touchdowns. Has Auburn? That's been a big part of it too. Bad? Ain't no field goals on this list. Their quarterback Will Rogers threw six touchdowns. Ooh. It's like a video game. It is. It is. Uh, yeah. Is has Auburn's defense been this bad against the pass this he- whole year? I don't know. Their defense has been much better against the run than against the pass. Um, statistically, it's sort of weird. I think they have. I think their defense, their defensive backs are okay, but I think they don't have much when it comes to rushing the passer. So if you're a team that blocks them well, you can get guys open. And teams have been able. Mississippi State certainly had no troubles with it. Uh, yeah, they had zero issues, sir. So unless you have something else to say about Auburn, I'm going to keep ushering us along because there were so many other fantastic things. I want to bring up the Ole Miss-Texas uh, A&M game, Ole Miss winning 29-19 mm-hmm. because we saw like an all-timer message board post from a Texas A&M fan. They they figured out what's wrong with Jimbo? Yeah, I will read it for you. Oh, yeah, that was great. This is fantastic. Scott, I don't know where you found it, but I appreciate you posting it. (laughs) This is from Texas Rancher 69 after the loss. (laughs) Hold on. Can we read the handle again? We know we're headed for... Texas Rancher 69. I love it. So, you know, this is a man of of uh, class and dignity. Very refined taste. <clears throat> and I quote, you want a controversial hot topic take? Here it is. Jimbo is vaxxed and it is well known now that in some individuals, the vax, the vax causes increased increasing mental fog and confusion. Worse, the individuals involved do not recognize it. I wonder if this is his problem because his performance this year is unlike anything we have seen in the past, and it seems to be degrading week by week. Who knows? Flame away, boys, but I can find no rational explanation for his actions. End quote. It's the last part that I really... I can find no rational explanation for his actions. One, really? there's, there's lots of possible rational explanations Two, you didn't say no other rational explanations, which implies that your explanation is not rational. 
<laughs> he went with a purely irrational. You just got beat by a team that was better than you. Like, I don't know. Yeah, Texas A&M has been playing with a backup quarterback for most of the year. When you're playing with a backup quarterback, you got slim margins, right? You can scheme things up and things work right, and that guy has a great game against Alabama. Awesome. He's not going to be that quarterback every week. He threw two picks. He's he's a backup quarterback. He got his lunch. First year starter. I know he's not a freshman. He's a first year starter, right? Yeah, I think he's like year, a redshirt so. freshman or redshirt sophomore. Because I remember yeah. his, I've just been, Georgia. Sure yeah, I vaguely Georgia. remember his recruitment because I think he was down on. Sorry, Zach, he was down on Georgia's list for like a little bit. <laughs> I do, I do enjoy apologizing to Zach every time we bring up Georgia. He appreciates. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. That's the craziest take I've read from a message board in a while because it didn't seem like he was drunk when he wrote it. Maybe he got like, vaccinated. Like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes you can write it, that or you write a, you read a post and you're like, this guy's clearly pissed and drunk, and it kind of explains why it's so crazy. But this post, I think the timestamp was 10 a.m., so this is probably the next day. <laughs> like he's totally sober. Man slept on it and came up with this. Yeah, he slept on it and said, "This is this is it, y'all." He uh, he watched all the Pac-12 games, took a five-minute nap, and then went straight to his computer. <laughs> and, well, he said it was 10 a.m., right? So he's probably up at 6 or 7, got a few good hours of Facebook research in, and he came armed with yeah. facts. Came in with facts. <laughs> About the vax. Vax, facts only. God, that's funny. Oh, that was really funny. All right. Um, Speaking of offensive-minded head coaches that look off, that look mentally clouded, uh, did y'all watch any of that Oklahoma game? No, I did. I actually had it on my main TV while I was watching Sanford score over and over again on my on my iPad. So I did see the whole thing. The the Oklahoma circle of QB booing has been completed. Yeah, we've the, reached. The loop is uh, now made whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been yeah. We've reached completion. I was texting. Was I texting you or who did I post? I was like, fans are so stupid. Like this is just like the biggest confirmation of fans being just so dumb. They were like tearing their clothes earlier in the season for Caleb Williams to start over Rattler, and then they finally do it, and then he has like a, a kind of a whatever performance in in the Baylor game, and then they're like, "We want Rattler back," and they put him in, and then they cheer, and like you guys are a bunch of seals clapping for fish. Like this is so stupid. <laughs> Yep, all uh, that for 14 points, too, which last I checked is the lowest total they've scored in the Lincoln-Riley era, I believe. That 14 points is misleading because one of those was a garbage-time touchdown. Oof. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> they really held them down. Uh, Dave Aranda's a really good defensive-minded coach. Mm-hmm. They, I think they had a pretty good scheme and good performance against Oklahoma last year. So I don't think it was a huge surprise for a lot of people that Baylor was ready and and held up well against Oklahoma. That being yeah. said, before garbage time, yeah, 260 yards before garbage time. I don't know that they had, did they have 200 yards? They had a 75 yard touchdown drive. So you can like they ended with a minute 30 yeah. left. Yeah. So I mean. With two minutes left in the game, they had under 200 yards and seven points. And that's, whew, Lincoln, Lincoln Riley was real mad. And I'd be mad, too, if I was an offensive guru and that was my showing. Mm-hmm. Is there, I'm just looking at the Big 12 standings right now. Is there a chance that Baylor can still compete for that title? Yes. Yeah. There Part is. of the, at, at the very end of that game, they demanded to get like a second back on the clock so they could kick a field goal to extend their lead. Because oh, yeah, somewhere, somewhere down the list of the Big 12 tiebreakers, because they don't have divisions, right? Somewhere down the list of the Big 12 tiebreakers is like points scored or point differential, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So Baylor was already looking at, hey, we might have a chance to play in the conference title game, but it might be a tiebreaker scenario. We need this extra field goal. 
I heard Lakin Riley was pissed about that. He said, I thought he, we, we yep. had better sportsmanship than that. I guess he forgot. He was that. super duper pissed. And better apparently, sportsmanship? That yeah, apparently. Up the score on everybody, and he's going to get mad yes. that he's going to yes. get the freak out of here. That's what a lot of people said. It's like, are you freaking kidding me? Oklahoma, known for beating like Big 12 teams, like 54 to 13, and just slinging it all over the place in the fourth quarter. And he's mad because they kicked a field goal. With an actual explanation. That's the thing. The field goal had an actual legitimate explanation. Especially with what the standings are and being late in the season. If you do that like the first conference game of the year, it's still technically correct, but it feels so far away that, you know, I could see how people wouldn't like it or whatever, even if it's still correct. But at this point, it's like, guys, it's very clear they might actually need this field goal to like get in the conference title game. Anyway, hilarious. 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 Oklahoma um, and Oklahoma State are both one loss. Is there anybody else in the Big 12 that's one loss? No. Uh, with one loss? No. I, I think okay. Baylor is he- third on the... In the conference, or the, Oklahoma yeah, conference. or Oklahoma State could still easily make the playoff if one of them wins out. I don't think it's super duper likely that either of them wins out, especially not when they would have to possibly play each other twice. But we're, we're at the part of the season where there's teams that people have just like really written off as being having a chance at the playoff, and. They have one loss, and they can absolutely super duper win the rest of their games and be in the playoff. So <laughs> it's interesting. So I did see a. Um, we did have a really really bad take. Big Twelve adjacent take had to do with the fact that um had to do with Texas because they blew it against Kansas. And by blew it, as the Jayhawks are upon you. What did you say? The eyes of the Jayhawks are upon you. Isn't that how it goes? Yes, I think so. That's where the Jayhawks gonna be. Okay. The Jayhawks <laughs> coming into that game, Kansas Jayhawks coming into the Texas game, were one and eight. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Texas was massively favored. Huge favorite. And they came out and scored, what is this, I'm bad at math, uh, 35 points in the first half? <laughs> <laughs> Just like beat their ass. The uh, the take I saw, which the only reason I saw it is because riding a bull seat replied to it. It's this bro. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna flame him because he's not a professional. I would if he were. Um, he says, uh, somebody posted. I'm gonna go live on YouTube to squeeze every last drop of Texas's loss to Kansas out. Uh, and so this guy replied because I, I guess he took great issue with that. And he says, enjoy yourself. One of the reasons I'm so happy Texas is leaving the Big 12 is to get away from these toxic fan bases that love to hate Texas with a mad passion no matter what and always revel in Texas slip ups and misfortunes. So go ahead and enjoy yourselves while you can. And all Roddy did was reply to that or quote tweet it and say, who wants to tell him? Do you forget who's in the conference? The, you, what? You're going <laughs> to. I was like, what's going to be even worse than that is when Texas gets to the SEC and most fans just consider them a relevant second or third tier. Right? They think it's bad now that all the other programs that are bad at football don't like them because Texas is rich but also not very good. Sure. Um, But wait till they get somewhere else where everybody's rich and better than them. And it's just kind of like, Oh, I was going to go to the game this weekend, but we're playing Texas, so maybe I'll just do this other thing instead. Like, enjoy it. <laughs> you get your wish. Rich and not very good. Vanderbilt. <laughs> uh, Vanderbilt is super duper trash. Did Vanderbilt lose as a 31 point favorite at home, though? No. Hey, don't, don't, don't believe that there wasn't a. Um fantastic fantastically dark message board post oh you mean this one <laughs> yes do you want to read it yeah i'll read it this one came to us this is from uh horns 24 7 uh from username 73 
really, not Riley, really 73. We are terrible, so we need to spin zone this. Instead of getting blank pumped with our own players next week, I don't know what the blank is. I don't know what that is either. Instead of getting something pumped with our own players next week at West Virginia, we need to get Make-A-Wish kids to play for us so we can say some things are bigger than sports. Let let the kid with cancer play left tackle or quarterback instead of the trash we have out there right now. This is our only saving grace. That toxic fan base, though. (laughs) Jesus, what a... Like, brah, like maybe keep that one in the drafts. Oh, man, that's bad. Yeah, I mean, oof. that is no bueno. Um, okay, so moving along in college football, let's do a little ACC corner for folks like Zach. You know, show the ACC a little attention. I would say respect, but don't you earn respect? Do you, speaking of respect, uh, you see that? Unfortunately, when we gave them attention, it, it informed <laughs> us to not give them respect. <laughs> yeah, how's the, uh, what's the top 10 win list for, uh, for Jeff Collins all time? We just, you did some homework on this, didn't you, Scott? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I did a little Georgia Tech homework. It's looking pretty great. <laughs> Let me see if we got that list in here. All right. So, you know, this is subjective. You can quibble about some of these. Um, but UNC this year, um, is that a home win over a 5-5 five and five team as his best win ever? Hey, but, you know, UNC was yes. ranked at the beginning. They got yeah. a great quarterback. <laughs> they were not ranked by the time they were playing Georgia Tech, though. Very they never got knocked off that high horse. But, yes, they beat a 5-5 five and five team, a somewhat functioning, competent team. Congratulations. Uh, 2020 Florida State. Oh, boy. That being the second best. A little down. (laughs) You know, okay. Actually, one needs to get bumped up on here. 2019 North Carolina State. Because North Carolina State is just a better, more functioning program than most of the other teams on this list. But, oh, 2019 NC State finished 4-8. and So, Uh. hmm. Uh, 2019 Miami, they won that game. Uh, Louisville last year. USF in 2019. Uh, wins number, the 7th and 8th best wins are probably the back-to-back wins over Duke. Gotta be happy about those. You know, you don't just stroll in there and beat Duke twice in a row in football. Um, the ninth best win is probably Kennesaw State this year. And if I'm looking at their schedule, probably their 10th best win is going to be whatever cupcake game they have next year. <laughs> um, Alabama, Alabama A&M 2022. That'll be the 10th best win. <laughs> no. So uh, they didn't get it done against Boston College, needs to say, this past weekend? No, they did not. Well, but was it, was it, was it close and competitive? Um, I think it was a kind of a shootout, if I remember correctly. They lost by 11 points. That's no, not bad if you're... <laughs> was it Boston late Georgia Tech touchdowns? And Tech turned it over twice. Yeah. Um, in uh, Miami did play Florida State. Florida State won. Um, that's interesting. I did hear a lot of bitching online about the fact that there was a top twenty-five matchup in the ACC um, between, <coughs> excuse me, uh, uh, number twelve Wake Forest and number sixteen NC State. And um, if you wanted to watch, you had to find the ACC network. And people were like, if this were the SEC, this would be prime time on ABC. There's a lot of that kind of stuff. The, the interesting thing about that complaint is if, if that's a complaint you believe, then who you should be mad at is the ACC leadership. True. Right? Like, the ACC 
leadership needs to be pushing their teams off the ACC network onto something else. But right in this case, it's also those teams are like not traditional powers and and that kind of stuff. And it was just a it was a weekend with a lot of good games, right? So they really were. Yeah, I enjoyed. My, uh, my uh, dad went to the Clemson game and participated in the Na- uh, Rifle Association alumni tailgate. <laughs> my mom sent me a picture of just three old dudes in lawn chairs just sitting. Well, I tell you about that Kyle Rittenhouse. I tell you, man. Listen, oh, like, no. I don't even know why he's oh, on trial. No. Y'all, it's very possible that Clemson won its uh, its last game of the season against UConn. Who they else? Is, uh, wait, do you think South Carolina is going to beat them? I didn't say they would. I'm saying it's possible. Like, it it's not impossible. This is true. I I would say that you know, look, they have Wake and South Carolina finish. Probably they split that. That's probably yeah. like the most likely outcome. I'd love to watch the Wake Clemson game this weekend. It's at the same time as Georgia, but I'll probably put them both on. Yeah, there's not going to be that much to see from the Georgia Charleston Southern game. I mean, you like can't even find a betting line on it. You might get like, to see Daniels play. Might get to see that. This is true. This is true. And then we'll I'll get to do the quarterback conversations. All over again in a week. Y'all, y'all want to skip that for this week? Yeah, I'm not talking about JT and Stetsy. I'm not doing it. Right. If I was putting Can, up like a prop bet on that game, I would. I'd would probably ask. I'd probably go down the list of quarterbacks. Like, do you think what are the chances Brock Vandegrift plays better? What are the chances that Jackson Muschamp takes a snap for Georgia against Charleston Southern? <laughs> I think it's kind of low because they would like to actually get. Beck and Vandegrift some actual snaps, right? So I feel like in that game, you have four quarterbacks you want to get actual snaps for. So it gets tough to get to the walk-on, but I don't know. Uh, did you see that? Uh, I'm circling back to Clemson. Did you see that Dabo Swinney uh, opted out of the coach's poll last week? <laughs> oh, <laughs> their team opted out of the coach's poll. <laughs> <laughs> He annoys the shit out of me. It would have been okay like eight years ago before he won a national championship to be this guy who's got a big chip on his shoulder, but like it's it's that bit died a long time ago, but he keeps on pulling it out of its grave and marionette puppeting it in, in front of our faces. Mm-hmm. As far as he, yeah. he brought up one good point, he said, you know, it doesn't really matter anymore. You know, with the college football playoff ranking, yeah, sure. You know, does it does. I don't know how much it ever meant, really, but it seems like he was mostly just felt jilted that nobody thinks his team is that good. <laughs> he said, and I quote, it just comes just comes with who we are as a program. Nobody wants to give our opponents any credit. I mean, Georgia's pretty good. They're pretty good. I think we play them pretty good. Only scored three points on us. We scored the other seven. <laughs> um, uh, if, unless you guys have something else on college football, I didn't want to shift gears because I tried watching week, Pac-12 and it was hard, and so I went to bed. But I'm trying. <laughs> I saw Oregon one. But, and that's the only thing I care about. Is it about, hard so. because the cameras are old and just like? The actual video is terrible quality. That might have something to do with it. It just it didn't excite. Yeah, that was probably a lot of. It felt like I was stepping back in time in college football. Yeah, that's I mean, it's like a legitimate thing It's they have crappy cameras and it doesn't help the product. But the other thing, too, is like. I, I watched some of the Oregon Washington State game time wise. It's not a big deal for me to watch that game. Right. But. Look, well, sure, we were in college and stuff, but I would stay up and watch tons of Pac-12 games. If I was on the East Coast right now, I'm not staying up till three in the morning to watch Oregon play five and five Washington State when you got a kid that's going to be up at like six, right? It's just not worth it. If they had 
more marquee matchups where you had, you know, Oregon playing another team that's a top five or top ten team or something. And then maybe you stay up, right? But I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to give it a go. But that's my that was my thing on Pac twelve. I'm trying. I want to pay more attention to it. I historically have not. But I also want to sleep. So Hey, you'll get to watch a Pac-12 game next year or in two years. I think Georgia plays UCLA. Um, I hope we hope we uh, hope we uh, beat them in their sissy blue shirts. Their sissy blue sh- powder blue shirts. Um, the, what I wanted to shift to was World Cup qualifying. Ah, which football. hits. Uh, uh, we're about halfway, exactly halfway through the uh, qualifying group here in North America. Um, Europe, I'm not super familiar with the schedule for European qualifiers, but they had a bunch too, and um, they're close to the end of theirs as well. Uh, the U.S. played Mexico, their arch rival, on Friday evening and beat their ass, and it was glorious, glorious, glorious. We played in Cincinnati at their new stadium there, and I gotta say, I mean, I love Mercedes Benz, and so, and I think very highly of it. What Cincinnati built. The stadium they built is more reminiscent of like a smaller kind of Premier League stadium that they've got the kind of the same vibe and look. So it's maybe like a thirty to forty thousand kind of kind of stadium, but it gets rocking, and they were rocking, and that atmosphere was awesome. And the U.S. came out and played their tails off. And um, I'm sorry, the stadium holds twenty six thousand. I thought it was thirty. Um, but what I wanted to bring up was the fact that Mexico, who I loathe entirely, not the country or the people, the soccer team. I should clarify that because somebody said I hated I, I once I put I hate Mexico on Facebook during like a World Cup or something. And I had this idiot from high school like, how do you hate Mexicans and love Jesus? I'm like, I'm talking about sports, you half brained idiot. Like, <laughs> God, so stupid. <laughs> well, you know, they love soccer so much. You should just want them to win. I'm like. What planet are you from? Like, like, what the frick is wrong with you? Sorry, that was that gets me so pissed off. Anyway, now we exercise those demons. Continue. U.S. was it was tied zero to zero, and like our winger Aronson um, gets fouled and falls over onto the ball, and Mexico's right back. It's like standing over him, and it's like keeps pushing him on the ground, and legit eye rakes him. He eye rakes him like wrestling move. Eye rakes him, and like. Nothing. It was like a yellow card, maybe. But then we get a yellow card for standing up for our dude who just got eye raked. And it's just like that kind of crap happens all the time. Anytime Mexico is not getting what they want, they're not winning, they're not doing well, they're going to start like doing shit like that and injuring and going for legs and scraping eyes and taking people out. But, but Jonathan, surely the U.S. will get fair treatment in CONCACAF where all of the officials speak Spanish. Only yeah. because they're from Spanish-speaking Central American countries, surely they won't side with the other team. <laughs> As they give us an, a second yellow card for trying to explain to them that our guy, our player, is coming out of the game and getting substituted because his eyes are bleeding. Yellow card, U.S. Yellow card, yellow card. You must respect me. I'm like, yeah, right, dude. You must There's... respect my authority. And then. So it was a big win, but that was annoying. Always annoying to see that. I saw we tied with Jamaica. We did. I didn't get a chance to see that game. I was busy. I was working. But uh, generally, that wasn't, speaking, con- that wasn't Concacaf qualifying. That was, no, was uh, qualifier. Was it? Oh, I thought it was a different. Okay. The Jamaica one, as well as the Mexico yeah. one. Generally speaking, I'm okay with a tie on the road. You should beat Jamaica though, even on the road. But it's a weird scenario where when you go through qualifying, the goal is to qualify, right? Not to win every game. And for whatever reason, in soccer, it's cool for your goal to not be to win every time. True. Which still some part of me still hates that and gets annoyed by it. I get particularly annoyed by it when the U.S. does it in qualifying because they went in that game, and their goal was to just get at least a tie. From like a formation and tactics standpoint, they pretty much play to just get a tie. That will get you qualified. In that sense, 
that's a positive. Uh, we take it for granted. It's not always something to take for granted. True. We remember last time. True. Well, that being and- said, if you're the U.S. and you want to actually like win games in the World Cup, you need to be good enough to just actually plan to beat Jamaica on the road, and you need to play yeah. like that. In, in my opinion, so and it might have had a little was because we were trying to tie, but we shouldn't be doing that. I don't think. Right. It might have had a little to do with, um, with that whole incident with the irate McKinney got a yellow, which means he could not play against Jamaica. Miles Robinson at the end of the Mexico game, who's been starting a lot, a lot in the back for the U.S. He got a red card because he got a second yellow card, so he couldn't play either. So the coach had to replace the spine of the midfield and defense on the road and was probably like, let's keep it simple. Um, yeah, and that, like a lot of times in qualifying, too, you have players that, especially in like CONCACAF or qualifying that happens outside of the European schedule, you have changing or limited roster availability as you go through different parts of your qualifying, right? So you're like, oh, the first four games of the qualifying happen in this month, and we're not going to have players from this league. And then the next four games happen this time, so we're not going to have players from this other league, whatever. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to slap your roster together a little bit as you go and as games change. So some of that, Justin your question plays into the idea of being like, oh, we'll just get a tie on the road and that's all we want because that's not totally the case this time, but sometimes you're like, oh, well, all our good goal scorers are actually playing with their club team right now. They're not in part of this part of qualifying, so... the Yeah, for sure. You know. The uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up about World Cup qualifying, two, two, two things. One, Mexico went on to play Canada in their second game of the window and it was so great. You should Google where they played and what the conditions looked like because they played in Edmonton, which if you look at a map, Edmonton is like way the hell up there. Like it is like, yeah. are there going to be like, like Eskimos coming in, coming down to like, watch this? Like what the heck? There was like snow all over the field that they just basically plowed day of and like, okay, come play Canadians team. A lot of them used to playing in those conditions. And then you got all these Mexican players who are used to extremely, you know, hot temperatures and they're like what is this they lost two to one and uh canada actually sits number one in the group right now us two and mexico three and uh canada is usually not very good at soccer so they got a little bit of a golden generation going there which is interesting the other thing i wanted to mention is on twitter anytime there's Concacaf qualifying like world cup qualifying Concacaf being the north american region it's just full of shithousery like we just talked about with like trying to injure and any t- and, and I rake people. And anytime you go on the road, it's like Pablo mowed the field like 20 minutes ago, you know, and we're going to play on it. It's not like you have these incredibly professionally maintained fields for them sometimes. Contrast that to Europe where they're very proper, pristine. Everything is nice and clean. And the Europeans love to brag about how like, oh, you know, CONCACAF isn't a real league. They're just so easy. Any European team can go through that and qualify. And it's not to say that they couldn't, but I don't want to hear like talk. They don't make it sound like it would be easy by any stretch because y'all play like Andorra or San Marino on these immaculate fields where everyone is very like, oh, oh, proper. And they win like five to two. Like, I want to see what you do when you go down and play like a Honduras on the road. And like the walls of yeah. your locker room are getting well, it's like. like <laughs> pa- Panama's not good, but it gets wild there. People are like climbing the chain link fences, right? Yes, and stuff exactly. like that. And you're playing that game without every player that plays in a European club. So like, <laughs> good luck to England qualifying with only guys playing in the MLS. They'll stand up and be like, that was a foul. And the ref's like, no, senor. <laughs> Welcome to Panama. <laughs> like, no, this is a foul. And the ref, you know, like smacks the ref. The ref head. just him. And then yellow cards him because he didn't take the punch well enough. So you're telling me the Europeans think they're better than the people of the Americas? That's shocking. That sounds... <laughs> and and like don't, don't get it twisted, just... right? Like the European qualifying group is extremely good and extremely deep, right? 
the quality of teams is is better there. Um, but there are some some different hurdles you get in the CONCACAF qualifying that you don't get in Europe, which is like exactly. the, the quality of the field, the uh, officiating. Yes. So the ritual yeah. beheading of officials. So as yeah. we're as we're um, that's been your soccer moment. As we're <laughs> wrapping up, I got home from church this past Sunday, and I was like, you know what? Falcons have won a couple games in a row. I think I'm going <laughs> to turn this uh, Cowboys game on because Cowboys are pretty good this year. I got a great nap. You, you know what I thought? Hey, look at that. Finally on national TV. I can actually watch the Falcons this week. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch a whole lot. I was like, yeah, I, no, no, I, didn't I, I, I decided to turn <laughs> the other way and fall asleep. <laughs> I, I did not fall for the trap. You saw Akbar in your mind go, it's a trap. Yeah, well, I saw it. Well, when I saw we were back to 500, four and four, like, oh, yeah, I know what it's like to get there and then watch it like fall off the train tracks all over again. <laughs> I've seen this play out. The best part of the game, though, was when the Falcons were down 28 to three and Falcons Twitter without skipping a beat said, yeah, we know, we know. <laughs> Twitter loved that shit. When we were when we were up twenty eight to three, Twitter was going crazy. Hey, yeah. pivot to pivot to baseball. Are we going to resign Freddie Freeman? It doesn't look like it. I think so. I think we will. I mean, so far it's been pretty standard back and forth, like quibbling about years. I think I think they'll get it done. What do you I think the, the final contract looks like? I'm sorry. What do you think the final contract looks like? I mean, they're going to have to give him what he wants. It's going to be like six years. 200-ish million. Which I don't think is... I mean, I get trying to like... Ha- I mean, I understand you got to haggle just for haggling's sake. You got to go in with the number in a year. But like after you kind of know what he wants, you pretty much have to give it to him. I wonder if people at Liberty Media behind the scenes are going to AA and being like, hey, man, like, I know maybe we could, we could probably afford to pay this, but can't you just do what you did last year all over again? Can't you just, like, buy a bunch of good players from a bunch of tanking teams at discount rate and just string together another World Series run? What do you say, champ? I mean, that's still a roll of dice. That's a terrifying business plan <clears throat> and terrifying that it might actually be how they approach this. Right, like, uh, like I hate I hate saying this because I feel like Arthur Blank killed this phrase when uh, years ago when they were given all these Atlanta Falcons crazy contracts. But I feel like Freddie Freeman deserves to be a brave for life, right? Or at least as long as we can keep him. Around. Yeah, yeah. I think so. The crazy thing is the only the only sport where we have an owner that cares is the sport that's like really capped out and it doesn't matter if you have an owner that cares. Fantastic. Like yeah. having an owner that wants to spend money is great in baseball and basketball. And it doesn't really matter in the NFL. So, so maybe Liberty Media and Arthur Blank should just trade teams. Oh yeah. Liberty Media would be great at like optimizing the budget within the cap restraints. Hey. Yeah. Look at that. That was a good idea. You fixed it. I fixed, fixed the it. whole thing. Call me a GM. Oh, man. People were rumoring that we were going to sign Verlander, but Houston signed him. Yep. For like 23 or 25 million or something. Yeah. Atlanta got a catcher. Um, Vina. Yeah. Yeah. Which is actually a pretty good pickup because there's not a lot of catchers out there. Yeah. And while he's not special, right. it's still like adding a functional player. And Darno's had his injury troubles. Yeah. So that's smart. Smart move. It's smart. It's a smart move. It's a classic value move. Right. Oh, you know, Liberty's all about it. I know how those suckers operate. (laughs) 
Hey, Freddie Freeman, we'll pay you, how about five years, $135 million. Also, you get to keep Blooper. Blooper has to go home with you. What do you say? Bloopy. <laughs> the old bloopster. I, I got to say, if the Braves do not match whatever contract anybody else offers to Freddie Freeman, mm. I'm going to be pretty, pretty annoyed. Same. Literally same. I mean, the only time, the only thing that would not, that would like, I would still be frustrated, but I wouldn't be annoyed at anybody would be if he like were to come out and say like, I just wanted to move back to California. Yeah, but I heard the Yankees are a strong contender now because, you know, go figure, they're throwing a lot of money at him. So I don't think they're actually a strong contender. I think they just put their name in some journalist mouths. Oh, okay. Because uh, if, you, if you read some of the reports, <clears throat> the reports are the Yankees met with agents or executives or what or, you know agencies representing all of the top first basemen, including Freddie Freeman. And it's like okay, so they met with every agent in baseball because it's like winter meeting season that they met with every agent. So like yeah, that sentence was also true for the last ten years. Yeah, you're expected to do that. So yeah. yeah. Like they met with Freddie Freeman's agent every year for the last decade, right? And they met with every other first baseman's agent every year for the last decade. So I don't know. I mean, like, sure, the Yankees may like try and throw money around and get in this, right? But so far, the reporting is the kind of like fake, fake news. There's not really anything to it. It's fake news, Scott. That's fake news. That's fake news. It's like CNN. I get my news from a trusted source. You ever heard of Facebook? I'm sorry. I call it by its new name, Meta. <laughs> the principal <laughs> word. Speaking of what uh, a, baseball. What a fantastic uh, name change that was. Great rebrand from a, from a person who's definitely a human being and doesn't run on batteries. <laughs> uh, so, um, what, what was Freddie's last contract? It was eight years. I look it up. And there's like eight years, like 135 or something like that. Um, anyway, on the Freddy thing, part of the reason, part of the reason I would be so annoyed is multifaceted, right? One, we have a history of kind of cheaping out. And so doing that again would be annoying, right? Two, we literally just won a World Series. We should have enough money for this. That really should not be an excuse now even if it's legitimate at some other times, which a lot of times I happen to think it's not. And three, Freddie took a huge discount on that contract, both based on, based on his actual performance over the life of the contract, based on his projected performance over the life of the contract, and based on the going rate for free agents at the time. Like, if you just look at what an average free agent makes when they sign a contract versus their performance, <clears throat> Freddie should have been signing an eight-year contract worth like uh, 225 to 250 million. If his agent just said, hey, average value by the book, this is where we end up. That's not even if you have a Scott Boris agent that wants like 10 years, 300 million and tries to push it up, right? That was just if his agent did an average job his last contract would have been worth an extra hundred million. So like we already are 150 million in the positive on our Freddie Freeman contract lifetime. So like paying him six years, 200 million actually works out to probably about what he's expected to be worth over the lifetime of that contract. Even if things go wrong, you kind of really still should have paid the guy another $150 million already. So, anyway. I defer to the wisdom of Poppy Ortiz on this. <laughs> Pay the man Atlanta! That, just, that sounded like Jamaican nightclub. It did. I it sounded like a little Jamaican. Maybe I should cut Chipper that out. Morris and Chipper Jones flamed his ass on Twitter this week. Oh, that's the take that you might accolade. Is that that's a the, unite us to end that it is with? A freaking take that unites us because I think all baseball fans can can jump on this this man's funeral. 
In these troubling times, when the bonds we all share are threatened to be torn asunder by the quick takes, the hot takes, the medium rare takes, and the takes that are doomed to be deleted on Twitter tomorrow, we need a sports take to bring us back together. Now more than ever, these are the takes that unite us. Talk about Scott Boris, of course. Uh, John, would you like to to read us this good this good piece of wisdom from Larry yeah. Jones? Uh, first, second. before I do, what were Scott Boris's comments to lead Chipper Jones to say this? Do y'all know? He basically said in an article in the Athletic, I think it was this Ken Rosenthal. He he was talking to. He basically said that it's a shame that teams tank as hard as they do after the all-star break and start selling players because you creates teams like the Atlanta Braves who were subpar and didn't, didn't look like their world series bound to scoop up all these players and go on a run that they basically didn't deserve to have. So chipper responds, I'm going to try and do like a chipper Jones draw here. Been thinking about Scott Boris's comments on the Braves. Maybe CA is California. Maybe California should institute a muzzle mandate so stupid shit doesn't fly out of his mouth as easily. The pest of the the pest of the West, love it. In his comments about the Braves, I find especially funny since he is the head of the zit that may cause certain teams to have to sell off players. Been done this way for years. His team, the Dodgers, traded for or signed three eventual or potential Hall of Famers and didn't get it done. But because it paid off for the Braves, and now it's a problem? Dude, stay in your lane. No one cares what you think. And the crowd went nuts. <laughs> and Scott Boris fell six feet in the ground. And unlike the Chilean miners, there's no sign that he's coming out again. <laughs> Yikes. What I don't understand like, is why media people would go to Scott Boris for his opinion. Like, this is the farthest from an unbiased source. <laughs> right? Right. Like, it, just, it makes no sense. I mean, I don't know if the article mentions who some of his biggest clients are, but here, I'll read off a, a few names for you and see if you notice anything. <clears throat> Cody Bellinger. Uh, Max Scherzer. Uh, Corey Seager. Uh, who's another one? Let's see here. Yeah, I mean, basically, what happened, right, is a team that didn't spend a lot of money on Scott Boris clients beat a bunch of teams that did spend a lot of money on Scott Boris clients. So if you're Scott Boris, the last thing you want is teams going, hey, wait a minute. We don't need these. We don't need to pay big money to these players represented by Scott Boris. So that's what he's fighting against, which is just him trying to keep his money and play this PR game. Right. It's stupid. It's dumb. Yeah. The um what was I gonna say? Well oh yeah, people were coming after Chipper with like two it was two angles of attack for the people who didn't like that he did this. It was go through Twitter and dig up some like controversial take he had about politics or something. Or my my favorite was people going talking about Hooters. Because then you had Brace Hand going like 1997 called. They want their sick burn back. Because <laughs> the Hooters thing was like almost 30 years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, y'all. He's moved past. He's he's evolved beyond Hooters. He now uh you know harasses waitresses at classier restaurants. You know, like Outback Steakhouse, Longhorns. I don't know. Yeah, it was a dumb take. Uh, ignored that the Dodgers did do exactly what the Braves tried to do, pick up a bunch of free agents. Also, ignores the fact that he also uh, represents a lot of uh, Houston Astros like Altuve, Bregman. Yeah, so. I don't... I, I don't know. I hate anything that tries to cheapen a championship win for anybody. Let's say cheated, so. Unless I cheated, then I will ridicule you till the end of time. So I, f- I felt united. I'm united, y'all. 
stupid agent trying to say the Braves World Series was unfortunate. It has been the take that united. I'm united. I'm also going to be late for my meeting if I don't leave right now. Scott, you got any parting thoughts? Ooh, um, Tennessee sucks. Now that we won, I can unironically listen to the actual Rocky Top song and enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Forty-one to seventeen. We <laughs> lost really bad, and it kind of sucked, but we call it a moral victory. There we go. That's the outro. <laughs> All right, y'all. Bye.